What up? We are back once again today. It is time to get the ball rolling. Wow, what can I say? We are back after another uh, great week of college football. It was amazing that we were able to watch football all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, had a game on Sunday, and we have a game tonight on Monday. Man, it was a great, great weekend. Um, There were a lot of games that I was impressed with. Uh, some of my questions were answered this week. Uh, I was able to look at a lot of the the different uh, games. I was able to watch a lot of different games, and I thought that Overall, it was a great week for college football. It was a great week for uh, a lot of individual teams that we've been following. So, uh, overall, I'm very impressed with this week. Okay, to start off today, we are going to go through our games of the week. uh, Just because this is like the first little time, first week of college football. We'll kind of be uh, getting the outline and stuff down. We'll uh, have... Our games of the week, we're going to talk about them, the the questions that we had, if they were answered. I will take a short break. We'll go into the FBS, uh, specifically the games I watched, what I liked, what I didn't like. And then we'll go into the FCS, and then we'll send it off. So that is going to be the outline of today's show. So today we will start off with the SEC outside of the overall game of the week. We Our other game of the week was Kentucky uh, home against Toledo. Now, uh, Kentucky ended up uh, beating Toledo, but the biggest question for me was, will they have a hangover? They got double digits last year. What is going to be happening this year? Will they look like the same team? Will they be doing the same kind of things? Do they have the talent there, or was it kind of a one-time shot? And for me, it didn't really look like they had too big of a hangover. Now, Toledo was a really good team. They were with Kentucky through about three quarters. Uh, Kentucky scored two late touchdowns to kind of make it seem like they you know, beat them a lot worse than what they did. But, you know, overall, I was genuinely impressed with the Toledo-Kentucky game. Uh, I watched it. I was flipping it back and forth. Uh, They have a big wide receiver uh, or running back slot. I don't know. They kind of run a different uh, scheme. Uh, Number 10, Ross Jr., I believe, was his name, his last name. Really an impressive uh, kid. Overall, Kentucky surprised me, I guess, was was the biggest thing was – you know, now that we have games, we, we kind of saw how, you know, the SEC East kind of unfolded last week, uh, or should I say folded last week. You know, Kentucky can still make a lot of noise in this side of the conference, and it will be definitely a team that we want to be keeping our eye on. Uh, next up is was the Big Ten, and we had Ohio State taking on the Florida Atlantic uh, Owls. Now, uh, the biggest thing for me in this game was – Justin Fields. Uh, what was he going to be able to do? What was he going to be able to accomplish? Uh, I'll get into transfer quarterbacks a little bit later on, but I was just, I really just wanted to see. I said, okay, well, there's all these quarterbacks that are transferring from various different schools. How are they going to go into uh, a new system and see if they can take command of an offense are they going to be able to win over the locker room are they going to be able to impress so Justin Fields did 
that. He was very impressive. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Justin Fields for Heisman. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, it was against the Florida Atlantic team. Now, a Florida Atlantic team that has been good in the past two years ago, you know, double-digit win season, uh, Lane Kiffin's doing the best that he can do down there in Boca Raton. But uh, let's not just crown him quite yet. They played really well. Uh, they obviously eased, you know, pulled the dogs a little bit uh, with a score of 45-21 in the end. But Personally, I want to see you know him ball out in, in some big games, and he's going to be able to have that opportunity coming up pretty soon. So we're going to keep tabs on him and all of the other transfer quarterbacks. Uh, the ACC game of the week was Florida State against Boise, and this game did not disappoint. Now, I'm going to say a few things about Boise uh, that really, really impressed me. Number one, they go on the road. Uh, initially, they were going to be playing in Jacksonville, but with the upcoming storm, uh, the Hurricane Dorian, I believe it was still a storm at the point at that point, but I don't think it really matters. Uh, at that point... Uh, they decided, look, we're going to have to move it back to Tallahassee. We're just going to, we're going to move it to Tallahassee. It's going to be a little bit more inland up on the panhandle. So we're going to be safe. Uh, so I believe they flew into Jacksonville the, and then they had to then take a trip to Tallahassee. I don't know the difference, but I could imagine that if you're going to be, you know, you're planning to play in one place, all of a sudden, it gets changed, and you're like, holy cow, uh, what are we doing here now? Like, this is crazy. We're in a totally different place. We didn't prepare for this. Uh, it goes from a neutral site game to an away game, a straight-up away game. Uh, and then to make, you know, throw more salt in the wound, I guess, before pregame, you're starting a true freshman of uh, by the name of Hank Bachmeyer. And he was the highest recruit uh, that Boise State has ever landed, uh, I believe, on the quarterback market. It could be overall, but they had a little segment of him choosing Boise and stuff like that. But they they do that, and they get punched in the mouth right out of the gate. I mean, uh, they fumbled. It was a uh, they. They picked it up. It was a scoop and score. Uh, then Florida State went down. Uh, they stopped. Well, they held them. Then Florida State went boom, 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 right on down the field, scored. I mean, it was quick. Two scores. I mean, that uh, number three, Acres, the running back for Florida State. He's a man. He's a baller. I really liked watching him. And then Florida State just started to beat themselves more so. Uh, Boise did kind of tighten up the reins and stuff, but the time of possession for Boise was. 40 minutes, a little over 40 minutes. And the time of possession for uh, Florida State was nowhere near that. They were only getting about 20 minutes. uh, And I understand you're running the spread, you're running an up-tempo offense, but I do not see that as a very good thing. You're able to... I mean, you want to be able to exploit the defense. They had like 108 plays Boise State did or some, some crazy number like that. Whereas... You know, Florida State was nowhere near that. And yeah, the score was close, but in the end, Boise State was better conditioned for the heat. They weren't cramping up as much. It was a really impressive feat by them. Uh, I was kind of disappointed overall with how Florida State got tight in the end. I wanted to see if Willie Taggart can get him back on track. Now, 
this is not the the end of the season. They still have a lot, and and quite frankly, on that side of the conference, Florida State can will and and and, and can beat a lot of the teams. Uh, they will have to play, you know, NC State, Wake Forest, Boston College, Louisville. Uh, they're going to get some wins there. I don't think it's you know let's sell the farm because Willie Taggart lost uh, an opening game against Boise. I personally think Boise will be the power. Uh, that comes out of the group of five conferences this year. So, you know what? You can hang your hat on that, Boise. And if you have a great season, you know, Boise State's going to have another amazing season as well. So uh, don't feel too bad. Uh, For the Big 12, we had the Iowa State against Northern Iowa. And this game was a barn burner. It was such a fun game. It went into into overtime, uh, 26 to 29. An amazing game for everyone watching. Uh, I basically watched this. Uh, like I said, I was flipping back between the Kentucky game and the Boise State game. But uh, I was watching one on my computer and one on my TV. And the TV one I was watching was the Iowa State-Northern Iowa game. And I want to say this. I have been really high on Iowa State uh, for quite some time. Uh, we're going to get we're going to pick them for a little bit later. But I have a couple theories of to why... Uh, it was as close as what it was, and overall, uh, I thought Brock Purdy played out of his mind. I thought he had a great game. I mean, despite the from the strip fumble type thing or whatever it was. Uh, besides that, he had a really good game. Uh, Northern Iowa came to play. I was really impressed with them. All of these teams out of the Missouri Valley Conference, they played very well against these top uh, FBS powers. So, really, kind of a uh, uh, something to be watching as we go forward is. This FCS FBS gap in Northern Iowa, uh, you know, I think I have them predicted fourth in the in the Missouri Valley, and if that's the fourth place team in a conference, they are really good. They might be making some noise. I might have to rethink that. For the Pac-12 game of the week uh, was probably the most boring game of the week, and that was Stanford against Northwestern. Now uh, the score deceives you. It was seventeen to seven, but uh, they were going. They went to run the ball. Uh, and they ended up follow, uh, fumbling it, and it was a scoop and score. Stanford ended up scoring towards the end of the game, uh, last few minutes of the game. And uh, this game, I was worried about Northwestern uh, to replace some of their guys that they had uh, from the the team that went to the went to the Big Ten championship last year. And obviously, they still have some holes. They still got some work to do. Stanford uh, was Stanford, but it was boring. I mean, I was I decided to flip over to the Colgate Air Force game and the Georgia State Tennessee game. I, I I could not watch the the Northwestern Stanford. I mean, it was a real. It was a lot of running. Uh, and not, and not like that's a bad thing, but but it wasn't electric. It was a, a lot of three and outs. Uh, really kind of a, a tough game to watch. I, like I said, boring game of the week. Stanford ended up winning, which is a good uh, for Stanford, not so good for Northwestern. Uh, the American Athletic Game of the Week was ECU against North uh, NC State, North Carolina State. And I wanted to see how this ECU coach coming from James Madison, how he would adjust. Uh, it was 34 to six. I watched a little bit of the game. Uh, ECU, you know, a few years ago, they went double digits. I believe they went 10 and four. And I think that they still have a lot of work to do, but I think 
it's there. Uh, they do play a lot of very tough teams this year, and I wanted to see how are they going to respond. And they didn't get blown out. Uh, NC State, you know, still looked like NC State like they usually do. But I, I, I was impressed uh, with ECU, and not that they that they lost. I want. I wish that it would have been a little bit closer for them. But you know, they didn't fold, and uh, I know uh, they pulled the dogs towards the end. NC State, but. Really kind of an interesting game. We'll see. We'll be keeping tabs on the Pirates because I think they can beat a couple teams in the American this upcoming year. Uh, The next game was Fresno State against USC. Uh, Fresno had to replace a whole heck of a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And USC, this is kind of their year to prove it. Now, it was really sad that JT Daniels uh, ends up going down. Uh, Last night, they released it that he will have uh, his MRI was that he tore his ACL. He'll be out for the season. So... Really a tough break for USC. It was 31-23 to in the end. Uh, Fresno kept it close. I thought USC made a couple of dumb mistakes. Uh, we're going to be te- keeping tabs on USC as it as the season rolls out because, you know, for Coach Clay Kelton, the hot seat got even hotter. I mean, losing your quarterback and, and the guy that you wanted to, to take control of your program is really kind of sad that it had to happen the way it did. Uh Fresno, I still think that they're going to the out of their side of the conference, I believe out of the west side of the conference, they still look like one of the best. Hawaii is going to give them a run for their money, uh, as will Nevada. Nevada looked very good against Purdue. So, uh, But overall, I'd still take Fresno to win that side of the conference and to play Boise State again. San Diego State did not look very good uh, in the win over Weber State. So as the season f- rolls on, we will see how... Uh, USC does uh, how they replace their quarterback because a lot of this is 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 the quarterback position is about winning the locker room is about being the the leader the commander and you might be a freshman a sophomore whatever it is and it's that's a very uh, tough task to complete uh, when you're that young and you haven't had the experience especially behind a guy like JT Daniels who who was been kind of named the starter for quite some time so it'll be interesting to see how they adjust and uh, definitely Fresno's got to get better on the defensive side of the ball uh, make a couple more stops and then get out to their playmakers a little bit more Uh, out of the CUSA we had Louisiana Tech against Texas Uh, Texas looked uh, a little sloppy at first ended up cleaning it up a little bit Louisiana Tech ended up scoring 14 points was which was more than what I thought they were so good for them Uh, the Mac game of the week was Eastern Michigan at Coastal Carolina, and Eastern Michigan ended up winning. Uh, This Coastal Carolina team, not a lot of people know it, but the Chanticleers are a very uh, talented football team. They went 5-7. They used to be kind of an FCS perennial power. They were really good for quite some time in the FCS, and they they stepped up to the FBS, and they've done well. They were able to win a few games last year against... Sorry, that was a yawn uh, against Mac and uh, Sunbelt opponents. So as we start to look at Coastal Carolina, I was like, you know, I want to see if this Eastern Michigan team can replace. They've never gone back-to-back to a bowl game. They went in 2016 and 2018. We'll see if they can get back this Eastern Michigan team. I would love to see if they can get back-to-back uh, bowl games. And it starts off with a win against Coastal Carolina. It was a game that Eastern Michigan should have won, uh, but it was also a game that, that it could have gone either way. And I was glad that... Uh, that they were able to get the win. Finally, the last game was uh, Georgia Southern at LSU. Now, Shai Wirtz did not play 
Wurtz, Mertz, whatever. That's a kind of a weird last name. Uh, the quarterback for Georgia Southern, he is still undergoing the investigation uh, that uh, the police, when they stopped him over, uh, they tested a white substance on his car. It tested positive for cocaine. It turned out that it was bird poop, but it still tested positive. So uh, he got out, and he's no longer uh, – he was suspended for a little bit. But once one that came out that it was – that really was bird poop that – anyway, I, I, I did a lot of investigation. I couldn't really get a definitive uh, if he's going to play for this year, if he's not. Uh, if not, if he doesn't play, that's going to be a huge, huge, huge blow for his Georgia Southern team because I thought that they would be able to uh, – I had him in second place in the conference, second place on that side of the conference, but I wanted to see how they played against Appalachian. We'll see how they uh, readjust to that. Again, we'll be watching that situation unfold. If he can play, uh, Georgia Southern I think will get back into the rhythm, but LSU just looked overall uh, dominant at that game uh finally our other game of the week uh the overall game of the week was auburn oregon we'll be talking about that uh after the break we're going to go into depth a little bit more uh what i liked what i didn't like and uh, you know as as we've been covering the pac-12 talk a little bit about oregon you guys know that i have them in the pac-12 title game playing the university of utah so uh, that was our games of the week. A lot of fun. So after this break, we'll be going into the FBS. So keep the ball rolling. Okay, and we are after the ad break. So here we go into the game. Well, uh, the, our thoughts. Uh, we went over the games of the week. Now we're going to go into our thoughts uh of this of of the games that were played. I've uh, selected a few games, and I want to start off with this. Uh, for those of you that know me, you know that I am a University of Utah fan, and nothing made me more happy uh, to know that Utah beat BYU this last week. It was a rivalry game. Uh, honestly, I probably should stop caring because it has now been nine straight. Uh, BYU has not beat Utah since 2009, and if you want to put that into perspective, uh, I was only 10 years old. No, 12 years old. 12 years old. When, sorry, when BYU beat Utah, my brother, my little brother was eight years old. Uh, he is now uh, graduated high school. So that shows you the dominance uh, of the University of Utah. Now, I understand there's a lot of other rivalry games that are lopsided and stuff like that. But it has been amazing to be a University of Utah fan every year to beat BYU. And... You know what? I, I, as much as I, I, I want to believe it, I really don't hate BYU. Uh, yes, I think there are uh, things about their program that are annoying, and uh, it seems that every single year they think they're going to win the national championship, and they're going to be back, and their new whatever quarterback insert random uh, dude here is going to win the Heisman. But right now, uh, I, I look forward to seeing what these guys can do this upcoming season. Uh, they have a really talented quarterback, Zach Wilson, despite, you know, he did throw two pick sixes. Uh, Utah defense is, is, is tough, but despite two pick sixes, BYU fans do not jump ship just because you lose to Utah. It, if you think of it, that they're a Power 5 team and not a rival, it should make you feel a little bit better. Uh, University of Utah, for, for a lot of years now, has been superior in talent, been superior uh, in play, superior in coaching. So hang your hats on that, BYU. Don't sh jump ship. You know, 
at first, as I was looking at the schedule, I said, you know what? The next game up, they're playing at Tennessee. That looks like a winnable game right now. And if it's a winnable game, you know, keep it going. Beat an SEC team. Uh, you have a lot of other difficult games coming up, but stay positive, BYU fans. Uh, getting to a bowl game is really the ceiling. Uh, the University of Utah, in theory, could play for a national championship. BYU, your your now whole focus is to get back to a bowl game and, and to hope that you can get a couple big recruits. But, uh, uh, last thing to say on that, but Zach Moss for the University of Utah is a monster. He is an amazing, an amazing running back. Uh, definitely watch him throughout this season. Uh, University of Utah looked like the best team out of the uh, Pac-12 South by a mile. Uh, I most certain that they are going to win that side of the conference. Uh, very interesting to see if they can make the run at the national championship that a lot of people can't uh, can and uh, think that that is going to happen. Uh, after that. The next game up I would like to discuss a little bit more in detail is the Iowa State-Northern Iowa game. Now, this game, like I said, it was it was close, goes into triple overtime. They were literally an inch away from dropping the ball, fumbling the ball, and completely losing it. And I have said this entire offseason, Iowa State is a team to watch for, and it, Iowa State was probably one of the most conservative teams. They were throwing it out. They weren't really going down the field. It was a lot of uh, check down. It was a lot of running. They were running the ball even though it looked like it wasn't working. So, you know, you look at it, you're like, oh, wow, Northern Iowa almost beat Iowa State. I honestly think my theory is they didn't want to show their hand to a team that is going to be playing Iowa soon. That's your rival. That is big time. Uh, personally, I feel like Iowa State just tried to stay as conservative as possible. Last year against Washington State, I know I saw Brock Purdy throw the ball down the field. I saw them light it up. Uh, but overall, it was kind of a, a, a disappointing performance because you would like to have seen them beat a little bit more. But Northern Iowa is a good football team. Uh, you, I feel like they won the game without showing too much. Now, you know, congrats to Northern Iowa. I was sad that their big tight end uh, ended up getting hurt. I mean, that guy was balling out. Uh, I believe his number was 86 uh, I needed to look up his name, but he ended up hurting his shoulder. But he was he was awesome. Uh, number thirteen, their quarterback McAvain, or, or however you pronounce it, he's going to be electric. You know, uh, Northern Iowa. Watching that game, they're for sure going to be getting into the playoff this year, no doubt about it. They're top twenty-seven in the nation to get in. So uh, be watching this team because they are going to be good, and it will be very interesting though to see where who they end up playing. And how the season ends up rolling. Man, I am yawning a lot today. Uh, finally, the next game uh, after the, the the Iowa State and my little theory there uh, is and was the Cincinnati-UCLA game. And I honestly feel like Chip Kelly has lost his identity completely. I've said this at the first of the year. I feel like uh, he was very revolutionary in his time. Uh, and Oregon had the athletes. T- at UCLA, he doesn't have anybody that can go, that can drop, like what LaMichael Thomas or or, or De'Aaron Thomas, oh, 
Man, they had so many guys. Uh, that They were dropping the, these times. They don't have a quarterback like Marcus Mariota that can absolutely light up the field that, that, is, a, that is a dual threat. Uh, UCLA was, was very, I, I was thought it, they were not good at all. I did not like watching the game. And you know what? Kudos to Cincinnati in order to beat them. Uh, Cincinnati obviously came in with... Uh, with some gusto, and I thought that, that that they're going to be able to get the, they're going to be able to uh, play them a little bit close closer. But uh, I did not see Joshua Kelly play, which uh, I need to keep tabs on him. I believe he was hurt uh, in training camp or at the first of the season. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, that was the name I was looking for. Uh, like I said, not very impressed uh, with his play. I thought UCLA they sped the game up. And they didn't need to. Uh, kind of like the same thing with Florida State. You're, you're almost playing yourself out of your your hand. You know, they swung it out uh, like a screen pass, stopped them. Well, they ran the read option, stopped them. Then they got they ran it up the middle, uh, ended up you know barely getting uh, two yards. And then they're off the field. Like in a, in it, they go so fast in a minute amount of time. You're off the field, and now Cincinnati has the ball. In Cincinnati. They do run a type of spread offense, but they were just like, you know what? We're going to be relaxed. We're just going to throw the ball. This is it. Blah, blah, blah. It was actually a really interesting game to watch. Good for Cincinnati. You didn't have a hangover coming off an 11-win season. Uh, UCLA does not look like they're going to do much this year. Now they play Houston. Houston looked good last night against Oklahoma. Uh, Definitely a game that will be watched by a lot of people in the Pac-12 because... If they lose that game, uh, it will be big. I believe they play them within the next two weeks. They play them in San Diego State, upcoming UCLA. So we're going to be watching them because that is a Pac-12 South. A lot of people have predicted them to do better, to not be the dumpster fire of the Pac-12 South. But out of everybody that I watched, I even think Arizona played better than UCLA did. And uh, they look like the sixth-place team in the Pac-12 South. Uh, And then finally, uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, we have two more games. Oklahoma State has a couple of legit playmakers. They have a, they have a trio. Uh, the quarterback Saunders threw for 203 yards, had a quarterback rating of 96.5. He had three touchdowns. Uh, the, their running back Hubbard had 221 yards rushing and three touchdowns. And their wide receiver had 92 yards. Uh, Wallace had 92 yards receiving and two touchdowns. It was an amazing game. Uh, Oregon State played absolutely zero defense, so the stats might be inflated a little bit, but uh, Oklahoma State, they have three stars. Again, I feel like every year this team uh, does get a little overlooked in the Big 12. It will be interesting to see when Oklahoma State goes toe-to-toe with Iowa State because I feel like Iowa State's going to be the sleeper to make it to the Pac-12, or not the Pac-12, the Big 12 title game. Uh, So definitely be watching this team. They're good. and they might not, I mean, you gotta understand, TCU, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, they're all trying to make the noise, uh, to knock off, uh, Texas and Oklahoma, like everybody is saying, is going to happen. Even Baylor at a long shot uh, could make that happen. I feel like Kansas State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia are a little farther away, and Kansas are a little bit farther away from that goal. But uh, definitely be watching this Oklahoma State team uh, throughout the year. We're going to be following them as, as the big games approach. We'll see how they how these kids react. A lot of uh, youth on that team. Finally, Auburn against Oregon. 
a lot of people were surprised by uh, you know Auburn starting a true freshman. It was a great story that he was a Auburn fan, was at the national championship game. Look, I think that I cannot stop yawning. I am sorry, guys. Uh, I think that Auburn. Yes, they ended up winning. Their defense was was amazing, but Oregon really beat themselves. Uh, I thought Justin Herbert actually played fairly well. Uh, I thought the play calling in the second half for Oregon was really random. Uh, they were a lot of things were working. They didn't go back to. There were a lot of mistakes made. Uh, Oregon's got to clean that up because they cannot do that against Washington. Washington has a guy named Jacob Eason that is preparing and looked amazing. So Oregon's got to clean those kinds of things up in order to be able to win. Uh, Auburn, again, I really wasn't sold on either one of these teams. Auburn did enough to win the game. Uh, congratulations to them. Obviously, I, I, I'm an Auburn fan. I, I always rock a rep war eagle, but kind of a big question mark for me. It didn't answer a lot of questions. It left me with more, uh, you know, more about the play calling, you know, Mario Cristobal's play calling and, you know, can Bo Nix handle the SEC? A lot more questions than there were answers, but overall it was an entertaining game and was the best game of the week, uh, that and the Iowa State game. Uh, a couple surprises for us before we get into the FCS. Uh, number one surprise, uh, Missouri losing to uh, Wyoming. Kelly Bryant actually played very well. They ended up going to Wyoming and losing. SEC teams cannot do that. Embarrassing. I guess it, it, there were a couple embarrassing losses for the SEC in general. Uh, Tennessee losing to Georgia State, which is a Sun Belt team. So, I mean, that was pretty bad. And uh, you have Ole Miss losing to an American athletic team. You know, it wasn't a day, good day for the SEC for, for teams like that. And Arkansas was pretty close to losing to Portland State. And that's a Portland State team that was predicted like 11th in the big sky. It wasn't even the top of the big sky. Uh you know, a lot of these FCS teams really gave FES teams a, a, a run for their money. SEC looked weak. Uh, even Alabama through the first half looked bad. Uh, LSU looked good and Georgia looked good. Uh, A&M, I mean, they beat up on Texas State. So what do you want me to say? Auburn looked like they did enough to win. But SEC is not as good. Uh, the talent gap is definitely not there like what it used to be. So we'll be watching that throughout this upcoming season. Um also, like I said, transfer QBs, uh, Jalen Hurts played well, Kelly Bryant played well, uh, Jacob Eason played well, Justin Fields played well. A lot of good quarterbacks are out now from these these schools, and uh, I guess we'll get into the transfers maybe a little bit into uh, the FBS on Wednesday. Uh, when we go into depth, we look at their stats 100%. It's kind of just a recap, but it's going to, it makes the the... It makes it so much more fun to watch because now I'm watching Kelly Bryant at Missouri thinking, well, Missouri uh, looked better than Florida. Missouri looked better than Tennessee. They did lose, but can they not? Can they be the second-best team out of that conference? Kind of interesting. Uh, also, I want to give a big shout-out to Tulane's quarterback, Justin McMillan. He had an amazing game. Uh, Tulane is definitely going to be a team that you guys are going to be watching this year. He is good. He made a lot of good reads. He looked like a very uh, seasoned veteran out there uh number 12 for Tulane uh quarterback Justin McMillan and the final 
surprise is the FCS has some solid talent. Uh, they played a lot of FBS teams very, very close. Uh, Weaver State almost beat uh, San Diego State had they not had it called back. Uh, Indiana State was in it with Kansas. Obviously, Northern Iowa was in it with Iowa State. Uh, South Dakota almost beat Minnesota. So the, the talent gap there as well. FCS is catching up. They're looking good, and it will be interesting. I, I really wish North Dakota State would schedule some more FBS. BS teams. A lot of people want them to go up just due to their dominance. Uh, but oh, and even James Madison, I need to give them a little bit of a shout out. James Madison playing uh, West Virginia very close to the chest. So, like I said, a lot of good things happen to the FBS. Uh, we will be going over uh, on Wednesday, we'll be talking about the games of the week uh, upcoming for this next week. And we will see what ends up happening. Like I said, a lot of stuff happened in the FBS this week. A lot of talent uh, was shown. A lot of holes were shown. We will see uh, where these teams end up. And I guess lastly, uh, I feel like people need to give Shea Patterson a little bit more credit than what they are. I'm going to leave off on that. Uh, now we will be moving on to the FCS. Our last segment of the day will be the... FCS, uh, kind of the, the other Division One, uh, the playoff series, and we're going to start off with the games of the week out of the CAA, uh, and remember, I, we covered a lot of these teams, and, uh, and get the ball rolling in preseason. So we're going to kind of be following up with these teams throughout the season. Uh, the CAA game of the week was Towson at the Citadel. It did not, uh, they did not disappoint. Towson ended up scoring late into the fourth quarter to end up winning. Uh, Tom Flacco looked like an NFL quarterback. Shane Simpson is an extremely good running back. Watch this Towson team. That was not a snore of a game against a team like the Citadel. Uh, they are they're really talented as well. And I think can make a lot of noise out of their conference. But the Towson looked very good, very composed uh, in the stressful situation. And when they end up playing in the CAA, uh, a lot of those games are going to be very close, very stressful. And I look to see them. I still think uh, it's going to be Towson against James Madison more towards the towards the CAA title. Maine looked really good as well. So I'll be watching this team as the season rolls along because Shane Simpson, Tom Flacco, those two guys are big ballers. Uh, out of the Patriot League, we had Georgetown against Davidson. Georgetown ended up falling to Davidson by a score of 27-20. to 20. It was a really close game, a really entertaining game, but overall, Davidson came out on top. Uh, out of the Ohio Valley, the game of the week was UT Martin against Northwestern State. Uh, it was a really close game, honestly. Uh, UT Martin looked like they were... Uh, UT Martin out in the in the first half, they were really close to Northwestern State. I don't know what uh, Coach Jason Simpson said in the in the locker room at halftime, but they came out and balled. Terry Williams is such an electric guy. Uh, definitely be watching for him. Their defense. Uh, Played very, very well in that second half. And it will be very big in the Ohio Valley. There is blood in the water in the Ohio Valley Conference right now. And UT Martin looked like one of the best teams out of the Ohio Valley this last week. So uh, they look like a team that could potentially uh, win that conference. Uh, out of the Missouri Valley, South Dakota against Montana. This was the FCS game of the week. Uh, Montana, Dalton Sneed looked like a very good quarterback. Uh, for the score, it does not show how close it was. I thought South Dakota played 
played very well. Um, they got to clean up some things. Obviously, uh, their secondary needs to. They they bid on a couple of schemes that I was a little uh, disappointed at. But overall, uh, South Dakota played well. Montana played well. It was a great uh, first game of the week. Definitely going to be watching uh, how it unfolds for South Dakota. I still think that they're going to make some noise out of that conference. Uh, They look good uh, despite Northern Iowa and Illinois State looking really good. I think South Dakota can do it as well. They do have to play take on Oklahoma this upcoming uh, week at Oklahoma, so we'll be watching that game. and then out of the big sky, we had Eastern Washington against University of Washington. Uh, University of Washington obviously looked uh, very superior uh, just because they are an FBS team and one of the best FBS teams. But Eastern Washington played well. Uh, their quarterback played well. Uh, they were able to put up some points, and that was the biggest thing is what they could do on the road in Seattle. And then finally, the big South game of the week, Western Illinois against North Alabama. Now, it was, uh, Western Illinois was a 13 point favorite, and I said North Alabama is going to cover that spread. I believe it was 13 and a half. Uh, they're going to cover that spread, and I had Northern Alabama actually beating the Leathernecks, and it turns out that North Alabama ended up winning. So, North Alabama team is not to be trifled with, they're a really good deep team. You guys need to be watching for them, uh, out of the Big South Conference. Uh, now, are they going to be able to, to beat Kennesaw State? I don't know. We will see this year. I believe they cannot play for postseason play. and They can't win it yet just due to the – they were a uh, an independent last year, and now they're moving into uh, full members of the Big South. But overall, a lot of the, the other teams, UC Davis played well against Cal. SUU played well against uh, UNLV in the end. Uh, Murray State ended up winning uh, – Campbell lost to Troy. Uh, Maine looked very well. Uh, Weaver State looked very good. And uh, there were a lot of teams that played these FBS teams very hard. Uh, like I said, I was impressed. Uh, the biggest thing that out of the out of the Ohio Valley, we'll get into that right now, was Jacksonville State ended up losing to a Southeast Louisiana team. Now, I don't want to take away from the Southeast Louisiana team. Congratulations, you guys beat Jacksonville State. A lot of people had Jacksonville State in the top five. And uh, they ended up losing really early in the playoffs last year. And I was like, okay, do I think that this team can go forward uh you know how do they bounce back from that and i i did take them winning it just because i was like okay well maybe this team can do it it does not look like that they look like the third maybe the fourth place team uh i thought that uh eastern kentucky uh i have them as my number two team in that conference they ended up uh, beating Valparaiso 53-7 to or something like that. They looked very good. Eastern Kentucky looked very good. Uh, UT Martin uh, beating a very good Northwestern State. That Northwestern State, uh, they won six games. I've seen them in the playoffs before. And this last year, they won six games. UT Martin could make some noise. Uh, they do. They still had to play Florida and Kentucky, and so they're going to have a couple losses on their belt. But they looked good, and uh, it will be a team to be keeping tabs on. And then Murray State, they ended up beating uh, Pikeville, and 
they looked like a team that knew their identity, that just went out and played. They looked like they were having fun. I ended up watching that uh, on my TV, on ESPN. L- really a fun game to watch. They they really put it to, to their uh, in-state NAIA rival. And then uh, Austin PA, the governors, uh, NC Central, ended up striking first. But uh, Austin PA ended up uh, winning the game and, and really beating them down there. So a lot of interesting games out of the FCS so in the Ohio Valley, like I said, a lot of parity, but Jacksonville State, this might not be their year. Uh, oh, and I can't forget Southeast Missouri State. I, I always forget about Southeast Missouri, but they looked all right. Uh, the Salukis, I feel like they, they hung around longer. I don't think uh, you know, Southern Illinois is as good as what... Uh, is as good as what people want them to be. Uh, I, I think they're towards the bottom of the Missouri Valley, but they hung right with Southeast Missouri. Uh, their quarterback uh, played well. I don't know. I think Jacksonville State and Southeast Missouri, they might be, you know, trumped by, you know, Eastern Kentucky or UT Martin or Murray State. These teams are really good. Definitely be watching them as the season rolls along. Uh, finally, uh, North Dakota State obviously blew out uh, Butler. They look like they're the number one team in the nation, but the gap might not be as big. As what what we think, uh, you know, James Madison looked good, and Northern Iowa looked good, and South Dakota State looked good. You know, everybody's chasing North Dakota under a new regime. Yes, I, I understand that their coach is is a is a first time, you know, as a as a head coach at North Dakota State. But uh, we're going to see if they have the guts to to make it to another national championship. They do look good. I don't know what it is about that yellow helmet with the green, uh, you know, that bison and the the yellow the green i love it i don't like uh the packers but i don't know i think what works a little bit better for north dakota state but anyway so that was our fcs recap uh for this this week we will be probably talking a little bit more about them in our fcs uh like games of the week or as we talk about it we'll go a little bit more in depth uh come friday i believe fbs will be wednesday fcs will be friday and we'll be talking about all these the the the, the outstanding guys that we saw and uh team games to look forward to as we as we go forward uh obviously like a team like montana we want to keep uh, a close eye on uh cal poly looked really good against san diego uh so Definitely be watching the, these teams as well. Uh, we covered them on Get the Ball Rolling. This is just kind of a broad recap of the week, uh, of the games of the week. And uh, we'll go in depth a little bit more as this week rolls along and we will see. But overall, another great week for college football. I am so happy that it is back. So happy that I'm able to give you guys my insights uh, into this world that we love, this this college football world, and that is extremely impressive. Uh, and then as the as the year goes along, we'll see how it all unfolds. So uh, stay tuned for Get the Ball Rolling. Like us on all of our social media pages. Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Breaker, uh, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, like subscribe, download, whatever you do, and uh, let's keep this ball rolling. Until next time, have a great week.